10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Broadcasting live worldwide. Thank you for tuning in to TCN Talk Live Network Radio, America's number one Jewish program. The Talk Line Communications Network proudly presents its flagship program, Talk Line. America's number one Jewish program, the pulse beat of the Jewish community, with Zev Brenner. And now, your host, Zev Brenner. Welcome back to the program, Mom. Zev Brenner, always a privilege, a treat to have the legendary, I was going to say Lou Grant, but he's really Ed Asner. He's famous for his portrayals on TV. He's an American actor, a voice actor, former president of the Screen Actors Guild. You know him as being Lou Grant in the 1970s and 1980s on both the Mary Tyler Moore Show and Lou Grant Show. He's the most honored male performer in the history of the Primetime Emmy Awards. And he's also on the entertainment board, directors of Survivor Mission Project, a nonprofit organization dedicated to providing direct emergency aid to elderly, impoverished Holocaust survivors in Eastern Europe. His brand new book is called Son of Junkman, My Life from the West Bottoms of Kansas City to the Bright Lights of Hollywood. Ed Asner, thank you for joining us. I want to send you some air. <laughs> well, there's a lot of hot air going on today, right, all over the uh, country. <laughs> Uh, sure is. But if I remember correctly, your given name is Yitzchak. Well, every Jew uh, who has any identification with the religion is given a Hebrew name. That's my Hebrew name. You still use it at all today? Does anybody call you Yitzchak? I saw no. it for me. But, I mean, some people cleverly think that they discovered it for the first time. So uh, I have to disabuse them. Now, you grew up Orthodox. Uh, you were the youngest of five children. Uh, your parents came from the Ukraine. So my, my, my mother did. My father came from Belarus. From Belarus, okay. And your father was a junkman and a businessman. Yeah. Orthodox, yep. you grew up in a religious household. What was that like? Well, it's uh, what I call it's Midwest. Uh, Orthodox. Uh, we kept kosher. We uh, uh, 
celebrated. Uh, my, my father didn't walk to the synagogue. He drove. It was too goddamn far. And uh, we uh, we adapted as we could. He wouldn't uh, he wouldn't smoke on Shabbos, which was certainly a big effort on his part. And um, uh, I don't know. Uh, I I I went to religious school every day of my life, and uh, finally bar mitzvah. Uh, it was a terrible bar mitzvah. What was so terrible about it? Oh, I was I I, I was pitched too high, and I went too fast, and I was made a nervous wreck by my father and my uncle. So it was not a pleasant experience. Did you enjoy Cheder, the Hebrew school? No, because I I, I, I was double dealt by the rabbi. Uh, when I first started, he said, all the young kids will go four days a week, and the older kids, knowing he'd get a revolt from them if he, if he asked more, will go two days a week. Well, all of a sudden, one day, I turn around, and I'm the oldest kid there, and I'm the only one going four days a week, and uh, the younger kids are going two days a week. And I uh, tearfully mentioned this to my rabbi, who uh, tried to solace me, but failed. So I finally was bar mitzvah, and I declared my freedom. When you declared your freedom, it meant what exactly? Well, he had created a a ploy of getting uh, all bar mitzvahs to sign a contract saying they'd continue religious school for another year. Uh, I don't know if I signed it or not, but I didn't continue for another year. What did your father and mother think about that? They accepted it. They, I, they didn't bring it up, and I didn't fight it. Now, did you, do you remember anything that you learned in Hebrew school or for your bar mitzvah? Well, like what? Uh, well, you speak Yiddish, if I'm not recall, correct? I learned that from my folks. From your folks, not in the school. But as far as I, I remember, I, I speak to people who had a bar mitzvah many years. They can still chant from their half Torah or from the Torah portion. Uh, no, 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 no. I blotted that all out. Um, uh, I, uh, I still read Hebrew. I, uh, um, uh, uh, I can recite the opening prayers, uh, of, um, Baruch Hu Es Adonai Baruch Adonai Avroch and on and on and on. So you still remember that. Now, to your father, was concerned about Yiddishkeit, about Judaism. Uh, he tried as hard as he could to instill that, those values in both you and your siblings. Uh, how did that work out? Because I believe your brothers... He, he, in other words, well, my father, my father had a mean stepmother, and he was chopping woods in the forests of Belarus, from the age of 12. So he was uneducated himself. And he came to this country uneducated. Um, 
he uh, he didn't have the wherewithal to uh, to tell us what we were missing by going on to higher education in Judaism. So what can I tell you? So growing uh, growing up, we the- became educated in English uh-huh. and the ways of the world that way. But you celebrated Shabbos every week, the holidays. What was yeah. that? Yeah. Now, from what I understand is that uh, your father was concerned about maintaining Judaism, and he didn't want his kids to marry out of the faith. Your brother Ben married out, and your sister broke up a relationship he had during the war with a guy who wasn't Jewish. What about yourself? Well, we, I come from a—I'm the youngest of five. And um, when I married, uh, my my wife went through a mild conversion to gratify me, not anybody else. And uh, uh, we uh, we led a moderate Jewish life. Because I now you waited until your father passed away before you married. Yeah. Because that would have upset your father, in your opinion? Is that why you waited? Well, I don't know. Uh, my my fear was of such a, uh, an extent that I wasn't going to risk it. Now, your maternal grandfather was a Yiddish scholar who made wine for Pesach during the years of the Prohibition. Tell us about that. How much does this have to do with son of a junkman? <laughs> well, this is part of your background. This is part of your history. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get to Lou Grant later on. Don't worry. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, yeah, my my. Uh, we lived on the Kansas side of Kansas City, and uh, my grandfather still lived on the Missouri side, and he would make wine. Uh, I, I, I have no idea how often, but his neighbor found out that he was making wine and I don't know if he was selling it or what, but he, uh, he threatened him with exposure because prohibition was on. So my grandfather was a gentleman and he was very frightened. He told my mother who in turn told my father. My father said, don't worry, I'll take care of it. The next morning, he got in his car, he drove over to my grandfather's house, and he said, stay in the back, I'll handle this. He went in the house, eventually the neighbor came over and hollered through the screen door, Seliger, that was my grandfather's Name. You got my money? And my father posed as my grandfather. Yeah, come on in. He came in and he beat the hell out of him. Wow. He said, is that enough money? The guy never bothered him. Never bothered him again. Yeah. That's how, that's how I guess, how your father dealt with anti-Semites in those days. Oh, or, or, yeah, yeah, that's, he, um, I was told of, and this is post-mortem, 
told of another incident where he beat the crap out of some guy who owed him money, and uh, he paid forthwith. What impact did your growing up Orthodox have, or if any, on your career going into movies and acting and television? Did it have any impact on you, or did it have did it shape your acting in any kind of way? I think I I, I tended to inwardly base the uh, the bossy. Lou Grant of Mary Tyler Moore on uh, my brothers who were big and uh, scheming and loud. Well, the older brother was loud. My middle brother was not loud. But uh, the two were a combo. And... uh, then when it came time for me to do the dramatic Lou Grant, I realized I couldn't base that character on my inner Mary Tyler Moore Lou Grant. I had to find somebody else. And I turned more inward and found uh, the dramatic Lou Grant within me. What were some of the challenges that you had with this series? What was it like interacting with Mary Tyler Moore and some of the other ones? What do you mean? I, I don't know what you mean. No, I wonder, did you have any challenges doing the show, any interesting stories that came about during the years that uh, you did the program? Not with the dramatic, Lou Grant. Once I, I accustomed myself to going inward to search for the character and the response and the basis. Uh, The problems receded into the background. I had no problem. But what kind of problems did you have? Was it just dealing with the character? Did you have other people on the set? What are some of the issues that you... I mean, it was an automatic response. I couldn't tell you. Because I wasn't even aware. If I was presented with a problem in the show, I merely reacted as I would have as Ed Asner, I guess. Ed Asner is our guest. I like to call him Yitzhak. He's the legendary Ed Asner, legendary movie TV star, and uh, he's written a fascinating book called Son of a Junkman, dealing with his biography and his career throughout. Read it. I'm sorry? Have you read it? I've read excerpts of the book. That's where I got uh-huh. some of the information that I have. i got to finish reading it, but I think it's a good book, and I recommend that our audience that they should read it as well. How's the book doing so far? I, I don't know. Well, unfortunately, we, we had to have self, uh, self-publish. So we, we have very little. It's sold everywhere. Amazon, uh, 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 bookstores, uh, but uh, I, I, I don't have the the totality of results. I can only hope that uh, 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 
programs such as yours will help stimulate the sales so that the book will be out there and people can refer to it because I'm proud of what we put down on print. Now, you had to self-publish. Was it, is it hard for somebody such as yourself to get a publisher, considering who you are and your prominence in the field? Yep. Why is that? Why do you think that is? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, I- but uh, we didn't get a lot of drumbeat. Interesting, because I would assume that your name, they should have been knocking down the door to publish your book. Well, they didn't. They didn't. But I think during today's time and age, people are, are reading more if they're stuck at home or can't travel as but many places. But they got places. to. There's no place to go. So that's why reading a book such as yours should be fascinating. People know who you are, and you've been around. You've been a fixture for so many years on the scene, so... Definitely, I think people be, are interested in hearing by what you have to say, and that's why we're glad that you're joining with us on our broadcast to talk about your accomplishments, your achievements with that. I know you always really like to refer yourself, and you do a homage to your late father, and you say, I'll always be that Kansas Jew you raised. What do you mean by that? Well, I, uh, I, intend, I identify intensely with being Jewish or what was being Jewish. I don't observe that much. Um, everything was intense intense at that time. I mean, I, I grew up in the age of Hitler. Yeah, here we are back again. Uh, I... Um, Did the Holocaust, Hitler, have any impact? You're growing up. Was it much discussed? Because oh, absolutely. Everything, everything revolved around, around that. Yeah, um, I was uh, blackballed from a uh, fraternity when I was uh, in high school, and uh, it, it because you were Jewish. Yeah. At least that's what they said. Um, It was a uh, strange affliction. I I later joined another fraternity that was even better. But uh, I... um, It was an obsession that, uh, that preoccupied me constantly... Uh, it's the fact that my father would uh, give you the back of his hand, but he never hit me. I was made to fear it all my life by my siblings and my mother, but it never came to pass. But it was a preoccupation constantly with me of being hit. And how did that impact you? Huh? How did that impact you? How did that make you feel? How did that shape you? Uh, well, it was an old humorous cliche. 
When You're In Love, The Whole World Is Jewish. <laughs> it's an album, too. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think when you're, when you're in Kaka, the whole world is Jewish as well. Or the whole world is not Jewish. Let's put it that way. Well, did you encounter, you mentioned that you were blacklisted because you were Jewish. Did you encounter much anti-Semitism either growing up or in Hollywood? Did you see anti-Semitism? Oh, in Hollywood? No, I don't, I don't, don't think you would do that. Uh, um, and, and in growing up? There was up, a girl I liked in the eighth grade. I went to an eighth grade school. And then in a high school. There was a girl I liked. And um, my best friend, who was the star of the class, was chased by the so-called prettiest girl in the class. And she wanted him to take her out. So he told me that if I asked this other girl that I liked, he would double date with me. So I asked her, and she said she'd have to ask her parents. And she came back and she said she couldn't go with me. She didn't say it because I was Jewish, but I automatically voted off to the fact that that um, that you were Jewish. Yeah. But aside from the oh, ghosts... All that, mm -hmm. all that was um, a preoccupation with me into my entrance into high school. It never materialized. And later on, after I had become a success, I called and said I was coming to town or whatever town she was in. And we met, and we spent the night in a motel without my even asking. So I think it was her way of, of um, repaying the past, but you never, whatever the reason was. But you never asked her and said, did you never, not, asked. never asked about that? What now? I'm curious. Now you mentioned before Ed Asner is our guest, Yitzhak Asner is our guest. That you have a moderate Jewish home. How would you describe that? Your practices, your involvement with Judaism today. I don't practice uh, uh, kosher. I don't. Uh, I eat whatever I want, and I. Uh, Do you miss anything about the Orthodox background growing up, the the life, the celebrating some of the holidays? Is anything? Oh, no, nothing. Nothing at all. Is that because of you were turned off by the Cheder, by the Hebrew school? I, 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 I do not approve of any 
organization which which uh, controls so much of one's life. Maybe some people need that, but I have my own conscience. So, but you mentioned you have a moderate Jewish life. So, are there any practices that you do like, that you do keep, that you do think that are important uh, to maintain? I would say about the only. No, no, there are there is nothing I maintain. How about... I identify intensely with being Jewish, of having been Jewish. Let's put it that way. But I do not practice. Uh, but you consider yourself to be intensely Jewish today, or do you look at being formally Jewish? Because you mentioned that a couple of times. So is it more of a past thing, or that you just were born genetically Jewish, or you feel a strong sense of Jewishness even today? I yes, the remains are there. I. Uh, I am well aware of people's names, of what they come from. I am. Uh, I have strong positions on Israel. I. Uh, I'm, I'm well aware of Jews throughout the world, but uh, I myself do not allow myself to be controlled by that. Have a Hanukkah. Is that, uh, and some of the Hanukkah gifts, is that on the lexicon or not really? Not really. I, I don't give any gift. If, if I'm reminded at the time, I might uh, playfully indulge. But it doesn't mean anything to me. Now, you speak, you speak Yiddish, I believe, fluently? Even to no, this? it's pigeon Yiddish. Pigeon, uh, uh, but you, you can have a, con- a small conversation in Yiddish today, a Yiddish vart? A Jewish word? Uh-huh. Okay. Now, you are on the entertainment board of directors for the Survivor of Misra Project. Tell us about that. Uh, I, I don't know. Tell me more. What, what is and, and your biography, it says that it's a non-profit organization dedicated to providing direct emergency aid to elderly and impoverished Holocaust survivors in Eastern Europe. Yeah. Uh, Was that, that saying? That's primarily uh, loaning of the name. I, I, I don't do that much activity. Okay. What I had relatives who were involved in the Holocaust naturally. But uh they're dead or saved. And some of them weren't prize packages. Is there anything that you would like to portray as as a star that you haven't done or would like to do or any Jewish parts or anything that when you'd like to, I, I don't know if you did any Jewish roles over the course of time, but is there any role that you would love to play um, that you haven't? No. Okay. And what what is going to be your next project? Because I know you've written this new book, which I tell people to get, called Son of Junkman, My Life from the West Bottoms from Kansas City to the Bright Lights of Hollywood, self-published. What's your next project? We don't know. Uh, we're, we're going to be uh, going to uh, uh, 
I'm, um, I do two, uh, two, uh, one man shows more or less. One is, uh, uh, a man and his prostate, which deals with, uh, my writer's, uh, own, uh, tourists with his prostate at a certain time in his life. And the other is, uh, 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 God knows. Okay. But you, but uh, in which I play God, and um, a uh, young couple who is drafted from whatever uh, venue we're in, uh, who were formerly lovers, but split because of ideological differences. One's a moderate, the other's a conservative, and God uh, tries to uh, reconcile their differences and uh, generally fails. But it's a good uh, it's a good piece for viewing at this time of election. Now you and George Burns have the distinct honor of playing God. Yes. He did a very good job. Before I let you go, did you ever contemplate or think about maybe portraying Tevya, like in the Fiddle on the Roof? I think you would make an excellent Tevya. Playing like a Tevya role in Fiddle on the Roof, I think you'd make an excellent Tevya. No, 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 nobody has ever approached me on that. Would you consider that? I would be an excellent Tevya. So you would consider it? Oh, yeah. Terrific. So, Yitzhak Asner, Ed Asner, I want to thank you for being with us. Uh, you're a legend. You're uh, from the won Emmy Awards, and your new book is called "Son of a Junkman." Son of Junkman, my life from the West Bottoms of Kansas. Son of a Junkman. Of a Junkman. Now, somebody lurched says son of Junkman, but a Junkman, my life from the West Bottoms of Kansas City to the bright lights of Hollywood. Thank you for being with us, uh, Farganegan, and uh, Shaneem uh, Dunk. Do it. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please become a fan of Talk Line with Zeb Brenner on Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+, and YouTube. On Twitter at TalkLine Network. If you have an Android phone, please download our free app in the Google Store. For iPhones, download the Jewish Radio app. Of course, tune in. 24 hours a day at TalkLineCommunications.com for non-stop Jewish broadcasting. Thank you for tuning in to TCN, TalkLine Network Radio, America's number one Jewish program.